Now at Mickey D's, when you buy any crispy chicken sandwich or quarter pounder with cheese, you'll get a free medium fry and free medium drink when you order on the app. So do you have the app? How are you going to get this deal if you don't have the app? I know you have a phone. Anywho, if you have the app, enjoy your free fries and drink. If you don't, you can't see me, but know that I'm shaking my head. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Limited time only. I participate in McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. G'day, everyone. Lauren Cress, the business scientist here. Hope you're having a fantastic week. So I'm a really, really special guest for me to introduce you all to this week. My cousin, Mez Galifuoco. She has been working in the startup space, the product space, the growth space for the last 10, 11 years. She's currently over in the United States and I miss her so much. So it was so amazing to have this like super geeky, nerdy conversation about business, about mindset. Mez has a psychology background, so we kind of start off talking a little bit about how psychology informs us with our business. We talk about the importance of product development. And of course, we do eventually, I promise you, we do get on to talking about how to build your irresistible lead magnet. We we kind of we take the scenic route to get there. <laughs> so building a lead magnet, if you're a new listener and you're not familiar with this concept, essentially this is about how do you create something that people are going to want to sign up for or purchase so that you can start developing more of a relationship with them so that you can start engaging with them as a lead, lead magnet, right, so that you can then promote other services, other products, and start to, of course, build your client base. I think a lot of us here now, if you're familiar with the show, you would be familiar with this concept. On that note, if you're a new listener, if this is the first episode that you've landed on, uh, you can start off with this episode if you like, especially if you've been following me or you've been following Mez. Like if you, I know Mez is quite big on Instagram. So if you've come over from Instagram and you're familiar with at least one of us, you, you'll probably enjoy this conversation because it's like we geek out, but it's also kind of like we're having a conversation in my auntie's kitchen, you know, uh, which is I think is actually a really cool way to do a podcast. Um, but if you're kind of like, the, I, you know, I've never listened to this show before, this is my first episode, I'd probably suggest you don't have to go all the way back to the beginning, but just go back to the beginning of season four because what happens with these episodes is they're not, it's not a series, but the episodes do start to build on each other. We'll start to refer to like, you'll hear me say things like, oh yeah, in this episode we talked about this and we start to build on things. Um, so it's useful to at least start at the beginning of the season to, to get familiar with the content and what's kind of going on. I also have a special offer for listeners today. So after when we do get to the irresistible lead magnet conversation, which is towards the end of this podcast, uh, we get to talk about it. We go into quite a bit of detail, but Mez has actually also put together a mini course to walk you step by step through how to do this. So you can go sign up for the mini course, which is going to be released at the beginning of December, so next month. Uh, and it's $17 if you sign up before. But I also have five unique codes for people who want to get access to the course for absolutely free. So you don't have any excuses to not do it and to not build this because this is this is a big 
part of what you need to do. I mean, this is how I build my entire mailing list, essentially. I think I have about 1,200 people on that now. It's all through having lead magnets. So it's really, really powerful to do. Um, But a lot of the time we can procrastinate, you know, we just need someone to give us some guidance. And also, or the other thing you might be doing is you might have already built a lead magnet, but it's not getting downloads. It's not actually working for you. So this course will help you out. I was having a think about what's the best way to give out the unique codes. And I think this is what I'm going to do. So in the show description, there'll be the link to go and sign up for the course. But if you reach out to me via whatever platform, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, even emails, fine. If you reach out to me and you say, Lauren, can I have the unique code? And you're one of the first five people to do it. I will give you one of the unique codes so that you can get it for free. I think that's the most fair and easy way to do that. Uh, But without further ado, let's get on to the main part of the show. Uh, There might be a quick ad break here and I'll be back in a tick. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. I have an amazing guest today. She is my cousin, and she is an amazing business strategist, and we thought we should probably do a chat together. So... Nez Gali is business strategist. You've been working with entrepreneurs for like the last 10 years. Yeah. So. Tell us. Yeah, it's been a while. Tell us yeah. about you and, uh, and what you do. Yeah, I, I should do that. I always find it hard to summarize everything because I've had such a, and you know, I've had such a random path. But basically, I've spent the last maybe 11 years in tech working. I used to be a product manager when I was like 22. And then just kind of worked in technology, worked in growth hacking, um, worked my way up in the last five years. I've been in senior positions for uh, head of growth and head of product, but also owning my own business and consulting. See, that's tough. And then I'm like, where do I go with that? But uh, yeah, so basically product is my jam. I'm obsessed with it. I love coming up with ideas and trying to figure out, like especially digital products. So apps, like my last company that I ran was an augmented reality app. Uh, super random. And now I just kind of help entrepreneurs launch their business, um, you know, get it off the ground. And I'm working with people on a real like beginner level at the moment. So like beginner to intermediate where they, you know, they might be in a job and they're thinking of leaving and trying to find to start their own, own business and they don't know how to start. And so I kind of guide them through it with different uh, services and consulting. Love it. So today we're going to be talking about built like creating an irresistible lead magnet, which wasn't originally going to be the topic of our no. story. You mentioned, I was like, we have to go there. We have to talk about that. But before we do that, because like you're a wizard Instagram, you've worked with like, like Australia-wide recognized brands in the corporate space as well. Now no. you're doing this thing where it's, I mean, I, I'm, where I want to go and what I want to ask you is actually more about the mindset stuff because you've studied psychotherapy and psychology as well, right? So someone going from a full-time job into like, or maybe they're doing like a like part-time job 
and going, can I do this? How much of that for you actually goes back to your psychotherapy knowledge rather than your, your business knowledge? Do you find oh, kind of overalls the other? 100%. So it's like 90% psychology. So I think, and I, to be honest, I think like product is product design, product, and a lot of business is psychology. So it's been so helpful having that and then bringing it into um, the mindset stuff. So, you know, I think a lot of what limits, what well, we know this, but a lot of how we limit ourselves is obviously based on beliefs that we had since childhood. So undoing a lot of that stuff and kind of um, putting it hand in hand with business strategy, which I guess sounds a little weird, but it works so perfectly for me, you know, to kind of work with entrepreneurs and say, okay, well, this is where you're thinking incorrectly and you can improve. And this is, you know, where we could kind of tap into what your true core beliefs are and everything. And this is how we would strategize your business to actually succeed. And let's lay the foundation for that. Yeah. It's, it's come up a few times on the show and I think it's a really important thing to like reiterate. Like one of the things that I often talk about is I'm like, I don't want to work with someone to grow their brand until they actually know what it is they want to do. Because like I made that mistake myself and that's a really painful thing to be like, I just built this business and I don't actually want to do this. So I'm like, you need to figure out (laughs) what it is you want to do. And I was speaking with a life coach, Lyndall Farley, who said she actually works in specifically in sabbatical coaches. But one of the things she said was like, look, you know, you want to kind of design your business around your life, not the other way around. Exactly. Yeah. Just want to give a quick shout out to Jeremy Mish. Hey, Jeremy, I've seen you pretty regularly here now. Thanks for stopping by again. You said good evening slash morning, Lauren and Mez, good vibes. So Mez, it's evening where you are. You're in the States at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's 4.20 PM. Oh, okay. All right. It's not too late. Yeah. It's daylight for a little bit longer, which is good. It's getting dark earlier. So yeah, you guys are going into winter. Yes. I'm scared. Do you, do you like winter though? Don't you? Okay. I did like winter, but then I did a winter in Montreal. So I did live in Montreal for about five months, six months. And winter in Montreal was genuinely Game of Thrones-esque. Like, it was next level cold that I'd never experienced in my life before. And uh, since then, I can't complain about anything else because that was like, I was an Australian in Montreal during winter and I was so unprepared, like both physiologically, psychologically, spiritually, just not prepared for that level of cold. So yeah, I do like winter to a degree. I like Aussie winters because Aussie winters aren't really winters, you know. No. No, it's kind of like winter light. (laughs) (laughs) L-I-T-E, yeah. All right, so we're going off topic. (laughs) I knew we would do, but that's okay. Let's let's pull it back. So, okay, the the mindset piece is is important. Yeah. Um, And we were going to talk about success habits of successful CEOs, but then we started talking about this thing that it's just so relevant to to, we'll just have to have another chat. That's okay. But there's too much to say. There's too much to say. But but one thing for me that you know I've been talking about on the show has been like sort of understanding. Like I, I was I was kind of saying I think it was like last week I was like you need to be the Google of your category, right? And because what I keep finding is people kind of go, and you, you brought up this point up before the interview. They're like. I want to, I need to sell, sell, sell because I've started this business and like I'm used to having like a full-time job 
and and having all the income that goes with that. And now I've got a business and I have no cash. And they kind of see like sales as like the answer. And I'm like, well, sales is important, but it's not the only thing. So can you can you talk to that a little bit and just explain like where you come from with like, because we're going to be talking about lead magnets. How do you see the customer journey and how do you think sales fits in specifically with those people who are starting out in the first couple of years? Yeah, I, I like the Google of your pedigree, by the way. I'm definitely going to use that. <laughs> like the Google of your pedigree. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head because a lot of the time what happens is there's fear behind it. And so when it's a fear-based leap, you know, um, there's two different things that I see come up. There's perfectionism that comes up when someone is transitioning from like the safety of a full-time job to launching their first business. Uh, they tend to get so perfectionistic with everything. They don't launch it for like a year, right? They're still working on the logo or something. They're trying to get everything perfect. And then the second thing I see is that once it's launched, they panic. They're watching the dollars, you know, they're uh, focusing on sales and it's not only that, because it's also the, the narrative that we see in the industry is a lot of sales things. Like it's very sales based. So a lot of coaches, a lot of consultants and everything are talking about like, I will teach you to make 10K in 10 days, you know, that sort of thing. And what irritates me about that as someone who, you know, has been in senior positions for products is you don't, you have to start with a good product. Like no one's talking about how to make a good product. We're talking about how to sell everything and just like sell it all. And we're not sitting there and going, oh, wait, I have to figure out who I am, you know, sell it to create an actual product. And then I can focus on aligning that to an audience. Um, or you can, you know, really test it. Like you and I are both big fans of experimentation when it comes to these things. You know, you can, if you don't know your audience, a lot of selling says like know your audience first. Like there is something to be said about concurrently building different products and experiments and then selling alongside of them to see who will take that. But, you know, with a funnel, you know, I'm always a fan of focusing on what you're good at, what your strengths are and building a good product around that and then using that, you know, as a lead magnet to find your audience, you know, rather than the other way around. Yeah. Love that. And actually, uh, Jeremy, who's on the live stream with us actually works in Facebook advertising. Well, so we've had a chat on the side about, nice. like, yeah, so <laughs> hi, Jeremy. hi, Jeremy, if you're still there, <laughs> it's kind of like this, I think, uh, so one of the things we, we were chatting about on Friday, I was like, is the seven figure funnel dead? Right. And I'm really yeah. interested in your thoughts on this because like, I think and for people listening to this in the podcast in the future, it'll be like a couple of weeks back. You'll you have to go digging a little bit more. But one of the things that I think we've been sold is like this. Oh, if, if you're doing marketing, it's going to be a sales silver bullet, you know, like it's going to be this thing where you go like, Oh, um, okay, cool. Like, I just need to put a bunch of money in here and then all these dollars would come out. And I'm like, but if that was the case, like everyone would be a millionaire. Like if it was that easy. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So what, where's, do you think it's that in the product development side of things, is that where we're missing a trick? Do you think it's on that side? Do you think it's with messaging? Do you think it's both? What do you kind of think is going on there? 
I was just about to say then uh, that's where we've swung to. It's like a pendulum swing. Before that, everyone was like, build it and they will come, which is also very untrue in my opinion, right? So it's a matter of actually finding a balance between those things. But I think at the moment, the trend and the narrative is, you know, like, you know, build out this sales funnel and push or put all your money into marketing and then that that will be successful. And, you know, we were talking about this before the show actually went live, but it really doesn't ensure the longevity of your brand. It doesn't ensure the longevity of your business if you're just focusing on the sales and you're really good at selling and the product isn't up to scratch and it's not evolving, you know. And so I would say it's a little bit of both, but I always think you should start with the product. Because if you've got a good product, then you also, I think, you know, a lot of the um, the sales thing where we were saying like the mindset behind it is very fear-based. If you've got a good product and you believe in your product and it's doing well, A, it kind of sells itself a lot of the time once you get it in the right hands, which is that, that marketing aspect. But B, you also feel more confident about it. You're less... Um, you're less likely to feel like an imposter and have that like kind of imposter syndrome selling something that you don't know if you it will work or not. I think if you believe in your product, you'll be more able to go forward with your mindset. Yeah, I love that you brought that up. Just yeah. before I, I um, make that point, Jeremy also said, yeah, exactly, Mez. We as entrepreneurs can get too focused on the small stuff and not focus on the big picture of creating a quality product or service. And I, like when you said that, I just thought, I thought the same thing, Jeremy, as well. Like I remember throughout this business, like I've been running business for years, so not super long, but yeah. in that journey, there's been times where I've been like, I don't actually think this is the right thing for someone, but I kind of feel like I need to push it anyway. And then there's this tension because I'm like, mm. One is the product good in of itself, yeah. And then, to, or is it that this person's just not the right fit? But I, it's like I didn't have enough data to even know, you know. Like I didn't have enough information yeah. to even know that. It's such a it's such a trap. I mean, for people listening and watching, if we can stop you from doing that, because I did that, and a lot yeah. of people do that. As you've watched, lots of people do that. Can you talk us through sort of like because I think that the challenge for us is we're going, and this is. I'm always thinking about this. Okay, for someone starting out, they're going, I need cash flow and I need to market, yeah. but I also need to spend money making something, especially in a tech space. So is the solution like you have to go get funding or do you see it as like there's there's lots of different ways to deal with that? The elephant in the room problem, I need money to make stuff. <laughs> yeah. You need money to make money basically. Um, and and that's that's, you know, something that I've seen to be true regardless. But uh, no, I don't think it's necessary. Obviously, like to getting funding is always helpful, um, but it really depends on the, the space that you're in. You know, in the tech space, it's quite a normal thing to get funding. But a lot of people in the tech industry, actually, I think probably skip steps and go straight to funding instead of, you know, trying to figure out if there's a way to bootstrap it. Um, and bootstrapping is something that I'm, I'm a big fan of because especially during experimentation phase you can really just there's ways to build the business so that it's funding itself but it is I don't know man because like it is a very big mindset thing like I definitely am not risk averse I have a pretty high risk appetite so when it comes to starting my businesses I'm willing to experiment and I know that if the experiment goes well I'm going to jump in if it doesn't I'm going to the next thing and that's just my approach to myself as 
you know, an, an inventor, like a modern day inventor, which is what I think entrepreneurs are to some degree, you know, like we're just going around just creating businesses out of nothing. But then I think if you are already, if, if you're already in a fearful mindset, like obviously it's, it's going to be more beneficial to you a little bit if you can get some sort of funding, because I think you'll be less stressed bootstrapping, but bootstrapping for me is something that I recommend to most businesses that are starting out. If, you, if there's a way that the business from the get-go can fund itself, that's probably a good way to go until you get a bigger, if you, if you bootstrap it and you find that the actual product is validated, it's going really well and you know it's on a traje trajectory, but you just want a little bit of acceleration, then you can get a little bit of a loan or funding or you can keep bootstrapping to, to do that. But yeah, I don't think funding is the only way. Yeah, I agree with you. And I know that quite a few people that tune into this show are in the consulting space. And what I think can happen with the consulting space mm -hmm. is that we get, um, we, we go like service, right? So we go like, oh no, I provide a service. I don't provide a product. And we kind of, we can get a few clients at the beginning. So we're kind of in a dream situation in some senses because we're like, I yeah. can get a foundation clients mm -hmm. that just keep, like you said, right? It's kind of like it funds the business. Mm -hmm. But what then I see happen is a lot of people get stuck in like the delivery because they're like, I have to, like, I'm going to grow the service business without optimizing it to actually be able to service multiple people. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, it's 100%. You're basically, are you saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, that they're optimizing themselves, they're not optimizing themselves to scale essentially. So it's like, um, you know, you're, you're trading uh, money for hours. Whereas a lot of the consultants, like you've got kind of a, you're, cap, you're kind of capped on scaling because it is scalable to a certain degree because you can just increase your prices. Um, but, you know, a lot of consultants that I see really don't productize themselves enough. Like we should be productizing ourselves. There should be a, an element of who you are. If you're a consultant, you've got a personal brand that is a digital product that someone can just always have access to you without having access in person to you which segues so beautifully. <laughs> Look at us. That was like actually a natural segue. <laughs> Into creating an irresistible lead. Because, I mean, this is, this is the actual challenge, right? I think anyway. And what, what I'm, I keep talking about what I'm saying. I'll ask you what you're saying. Like, okay, so someone comes to you, they've got Brainiac, super smart, can help out with a bunch of things. Yeah. They're like, oh, just come to me, give me the problem, I'll sort it out, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what would you say to them if they're like, if they're kind of like, well, I'll just, I'll just solve it once, like, so I'll have a conversation, I'll work out what that person needs and, and I'll kind of solve it for them. Oh, as in like on the fly consulting, like, as in like, oh, it's okay. So that, that was very similar to me, actually, like where I thought, no, what my strength is, is you put me in a room, a team or one-on-one, -on -one, Someone tells me what their business is and I will on the fly come up with so many ideas to accelerate and improve and scale and grow their business. It's something that I, I was like, I can't plan for. I don't know how to take that, package it up and, you know, kind of put it on the internet so that it can be consistently bought. What I noticed was, so the way that I, I kind of did it was I started to um, pay attention to things that were repeated, I guess, patterns in, or not patterns, but little nuggets of wisdom or things that um, people kept telling me I was good at. 
And then I started to think of um, things that maybe, yeah, patterns across my, my different clientele. So the different clients that I had, I might find that I was, I was repeatedly teaching how to do financial forecasts, or I would be re repeatedly teaching, um, actually, this is the way that you would build this up. And these are some of the marketing stacks that you should use. And this is how I would do your brand on social media, because, you know, I'm a fan of Instagram. It's worked really well for me. So I think what I found is um, I started to pay attention to those things and then I started to write them down and figure out how can I grab that information and make it into something that is downloadable or viable or into a product. So, you know, something like you're a consultant on, okay, so recently I worked with a client who really needed a consultant on allied health systems. Right. And it was so random. And I was trying to help her find someone. I couldn't find anyone on that. And I thought, wow, if someone, if one person is good at this, all they have to do is create an online course that teaches you how to create, how to build this system and how to use the different marketing stacks. And you would be making so much money because no one is actually doing that. But you're just taking that knowledge, putting it in the course, in an ebook. In um, I mean, they're the most obvious ones, but there are so many different ways that you can actually productize yourself. And you're kind of doing it with the podcast, right? Like in a way, that's a digital product that I have access to your knowledge without actually having access to you one-on-one. -on -one. And then you start to kind of monetize off that. And that becomes a very scalable version of you. All right, guys, so just going to have a quick break here to remind you that this show is 100% independent at the moment. I'm not too fussed about getting sponsors. It's not really, I can take it or leave it because really what I want to do with this show is I want to kind of keep it like paid by the listener for the listener. And as this show is growing, I can, you know, I've started to have people support the show through Kofi and that's actually the model I'd like to pursue more. Uh, to monetize the show. The show's a lot of work. Um, putting together 12 episodes a month is a lot. If you've tried to do a podcast before, you'll know that's actually something that's quite challenging to do. So uh, it takes up a lot of time. It means that I take on less clients to do this show. And I'm really passionate about democratizing information. So what I'm asking listeners to do, if you're a regular listener of the show and you're kind of like, I'm not going to become a client of Lauren's um, this show is all I need, then what I'm asking you to do is support the show by, for the price of a cup of coffee once a month, getting your 12 episodes. If you can't afford it, that's fine. No problems at all. You can also support the show as a once-off thing. But the thing that will really help me to continue this show is that monthly support. And I am kind of at a point where I think I really need to start growing that. So if you've been listening to this show for a while and you think it's worth it and you're kind of like, yeah, if I met Lauren, I'll buy her a cup of coffee, please consider paying me for the work I'm doing here. Uh, if it's helping you in your business, if it's helping you grow your brand, if you're seeing financial returns, I think, you know, four bucks a month is really not a lot to ask. So please do consider that. Head over to Kofi. It's ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress. And that's where you can help me make this show possible. Thank you so much for anything you can do. And let's get back to the conversation. Love it. I just want to quickly, because I know there's a few people watching. Guys, if you're watching, feel free to ask questions as we go. Um, yes. Because 
I can't see who's watching, unfortunately. Jeremy said, uh, as a business owner still in the early days of my agency, I constantly question myself. And then he said, yeah, and Jeremy, I did too. I still question myself four years on. I'm still like, wait, do I suck? Like, do I just suck? Am I good at this? I do that all the time. Am I actually good at this? Yeah. <laughs> and he said, if they get to the point, um, if they get to that point, then they need to have a strategy to scale, hiring employees tools. Yeah, totally, totally agree. And it's like, you know, one of the things that I'm constantly saying, is like, well, it just depends what game you're playing. Like for yeah. me, I'm like, I don't want to run a multi-million dollar business. That's not the game I want to play because then it would take me away from the things that I actually, like, I like being a practitioner. I like working with people, right? But that's, that's not right or wrong. That's just the game I'm playing. Like, and I think we can get caught up in kind of thinking like um, we have to be, we have to be like a multi-millionaire or we have to be like the next unicorn company. It's like, no, just, you know, like what you said before, Mez, like, it just depends. Like, what's your strengths? Like, what what strengths are you playing to? What game are you playing? Yeah. Um, so, I love the thing that you said about productizing your knowledge, and I think where the narrative has gone has generally been around like build an online course, right? Yeah. And I think like what the point that you made about hang on, there's there's nothing around this specific thing, like. Write that down, people. Allied Health System. I know whoever's out there who wants to take that idea, make it happen. It will make you lots of money. You might not want it if you don't want to be a millionaire, but you might make millions. Who knows? <laughs> but it's sort of like because this is something I've actually realized also with content and seeing content as a product. So I kept going like I have to make content that's going to like. Um, you know, it's just going to be super like interesting and like really different to what everyone's saying. And then when I actually look and like experimented and went like, what content as a product do people want? It's like the one minute video on like how to remove your open to work um, frame off your profile. Right. Yeah, like really and, like practical, very simple. Super practical. Or like the five minute video I did ages ago about like, this is how the drama triangle works. Like they're, they're videos that it's like either explanatory or how to, and they're usually focused around like one thing in the piece of content. So like with this, with this live stream that we're doing now, right? I don't go and now I don't leave the whole live stream up on YouTube because I'm like, after the live stream, yeah. people don't want to watch it. But it's like, what can I use to like turn that into a bite-sized product that people go, I actually want this. It's sort of like, it's like the boring stuff, the stuff that we think is really simple seems to be the stuff that does well. Like, do you, do you yeah. know? Oh, 100%. Um, first of all, like content is kind of a product. Now, just going back to what you said, like it, it definitely is. We live in the digital age. So it's definitely something when we talk about courses and all of that stuff, it's basically just your content with a pay, like a payment gateway. But essentially, yes, we are, what were we saying? I forgot the question now. I don't. I was meant to segue beautifully into how to build your irresistible lead magnet, but then I didn't. I was like, no, there hasn't been enough tangents. <laughs> Let's go. This is like genuinely Lauren and I always. It's like hours of conversation, and it goes into five. Actually, five is being so conservative. It goes into maybe fifty-five different directions, and then circles back, and then we layer different things, and so doing it for like a live stream we're trying to be very linear with our conversation and 
it can be difficult sometimes. This, this is the most linear conversation we've had in like years. Ever. Sure. Ever. Years. <laughs> when did we ever have a linear conversation? No, this is definitely the first time. Um, but yeah, I can't remember what I was like. So I was taking notes of what you said earlier because I thought it was a really important point. And then we were talking about digital content, content as products. What did you say after that? I don't know, but I think Jeremy's going to pull us back on track because Jerry said yeah, we, all have, we all have a similar reason for starting your own business. Um, they usually revolve around some sort of freedom, whether it's financial, time, et cetera. You don't want to be involved in the details forever. What's your thoughts on that? Do you think that's true? Do you see that across the sort of different clients that you've worked with? So not wanting to be involved and eventually pulling yourself up into just kind of the overseer and having everything run. Um do I see that with clientele? Not always. No. Mm. So some people I think are practitioners like yourself, you know, and I see that actually in the art world a lot. Like if someone is into film or photography, you know, a lot of the time they could be the owner of an agency or everything, but sometimes they might love what they do so much that they don't want to step away from actually doing the job. And that's just because, you know, that is that practitioner ability but most of the time I think I definitely want to like for me it's a balance like I still think that you could be doing your podcasts and then you could have some sort of automation in the background as a product and that would still elevate you to a multi-million dollar brand you know what I mean so I think you can have a little bit of both but which is what I would want to do um, and I think most people that I've worked with kind of want to grow their company to a point where they're the CEO and founder yeah yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause one of the things that I say is like, I said this a few weeks back, I'm like, like, I'm not really an entrepreneur. I'm like, for me, I'm like, I just like to make stuff. This goes back to your inventor point. Yeah. I just like to make stuff. I'm like, that's what makes me feel a lot. And I'm like, and I don't, I don't need more stuff. Like I don't need more money. If I had more money, like really all I would want to do with it is be like able to invest in good causes. Like that's what I would do. I wouldn't be like, like, no, seriously, because I'm like, like I, cause that also, I win from that, right? Like I win from investing, not always it's high risk, but that's kind of the fun. But I'm like, if I have a surplus of money, like I don't, I don't need, I have enough stuff already. So it's kind of like, I love that. <laughs> I'm like, not that it's bad. It's none of it's bad or good or anything. Like it's not bad to, but I'm like, okay, cool. Like if I, if I had a million dollars, what would I change about my life? And I'm like, nothing really. Like I wouldn't really change anything, but it would, it would give me. <laughs> well, but I'm in a privileged position as you know, Mezzy, right? Like, so that's, that's it. That's, I don't have college debt. I don't like, I'm always astounded by how much college debt Americans have. Like I don't have all of these things. I, I don't have to worry about healthcare. I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. So it's like, well, if I have money, I'd just be like, who's doing really cool shit. I'll go and invest in them. And then I'm making the world a better place versus like, and I don't think everyone who has millions of dollars wants this, but I'm like, I don't want like a Maserati. I don't want like a Lamborghini or anything like that. Like, but they're kind of like the polar opposites. That's of extreme. Because you're basically saying what I would want to do is either contribution and or experiences. And that's exactly. a, a worthwhelm reason to get to make multi-millions, I think, in my <laughs> eyes. Because that's what I would send it on. I would just be traveling everywhere. So... Yeah, 
what we're going to do after this is you're going to do a consult with me. Okay. I will pay you. And you're going to be like, Lauren, this is how you leverage what you have. If you want to scale with that, with still, and still make stuff. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I, I still, I don't think that they're mutually exclusive at all. I think you, you are like a very, very quintessential creator and inventor. Um, you know, and I think entrepreneurialism is just adding a payment gateway to that. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> that's that's going to be the pullout quote from this interview. <laughs> <laughs> totally quotable. Yeah. All right, all right. We, we've got to wrap up soon. So let's talk okay. about the thing that we're here to talk we about. We actually today. came here to talk about. How do you build a lead magnet that, that, that people actually want to sign up for? How do you oh, do yeah. that? So essentially what I advise when people kind of are um, – starting like their online store or their services business, you know, there's a lot of coaches or like health coaches or any of that consultants. And I always think about, um, so I advise on thinking about your, your kind of target audience that you would love to work with. So not so much that I guess is working with you currently, but people that you really genuinely enjoy working with. Um, you know, I think that is always something that I really connect to, you know, I think about, Oh, the entrepreneurs that I love or the people that we know that I'm like, Oh, what would they need in this moment? And then, so I take those people and then I tell people to think about the very, very beginning of that journey. So whatever cohort or audience you have, even if it's like high level CEOs, you think, okay, what was the very beginning of their journey as a CEO? Go straight to like the, the beginner level and then think about what they would need in that moment. So as a beginner, what do they need first? And that's where I would start with designing or coming up with ideas for your lead magnet. And then obviously things that you know, because, you know, you, you kind of give advice that's, that's warranted. Um, you know, obviously you can research for people, or put together things for people, but uh, I still think that's something you feel you have experience in is going to be good. So that overlaps with what people would need at the very beginning of their journey. And then you think about uh, how it can be, how it can be very pragmatic and practical for them. So I think, you know, when we say what would they need to know at the beginning of their journey, it can also be a knowledge-based thing. And that's not what you really, you can do an ebook for a lead magnet, but what I find converts the best are very actionable, pragmatic things. So it might be like, a template on Excel or numbers to help you do financial projections for your business at the beginning while you start to take over and launch all this stuff, you know, or, um, you know, something, I mean, I'm, I'm th actually throwing out ideas here, but it has to be something that they can implement to their lives at the moment. It can even be a checklist, you know, checklists work so well as lead magnets. They're so downloadable. Um, you know, if I'm like doing a checklist for, you know, what uh what what shopping lists i need for a hormone diet you know or something like that it's just all these things are just gateways for for the the target audience to it needs to be appealing enough for them at the beginning of their journey that they want to go into that and then they will sign up with their email and you've got this growing email list that then you can follow their journey and the reason that I say kind of get them at the beginning of their journey is because as they progress then your bigger products is what you will be selling to them love that it's like as you're saying that I'm thinking about for me which lead magnets have done well mm. and it's like either it's been like here's the thing to fill in like a yep. workbook 
a template. Like so sometimes it's literally like here's the Excel template. I do that as yeah. well. And then the other one, weirdly, that I'm finding kind of people like is transcripts sometimes. So if I've done like a popular video, then I'll transcribe it and then people can download the transcription and kind of keep it. Wow. And it's like, yeah, yeah, which is kind of random. Like, yeah, very random. <laughs> I would have thought that would be so well. I'd be like, why would people, that's, that's actually really clever. I think it's because people like want the product, like it goes back to the product thing, but I think like people want that kind of like, I want to keep this with me. So if it's something that really helped them, you know, so like I mentioned the video, the video that I've done that like basically built my whole, whole channel was one video. Right. And I'm like, for ages, people were saying like, oh, do you have like a printable version of this? And I just didn't like click and go like, oh, hang on, maybe I should do like a little ebook. And I literally just have an ebook that is word for word, the transcription of video. And that's the main way that I get leads now, just from that one video. You know, when you, when you advertise it, do you say that it's a transcript or do you say just it's an ebook? Um, I think I just say, I think I just say it's an ebook. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes more sense. Cause I was like, if it's a transcript that I don't think people would be as like, well, you know, like you got to use the sexy words. Yeah. <laughs> like you basically, yeah, you're just doing the notes from it. But I think like, um, with the smaller eBooks, I think what, what works well with eBooks now is what you've done where it comes with something that's, um, visual mm. or audible, like it's either a podcast or it's, or it's a video. Um, or a webinar, right? Like webinars are actually quite good lead magnets. You do a, a sign up for this webinar. We're going live now. And then you get this downloadable and you've got um, a growing email list. Like that's that's just a standard lead magnet that you've got. And it's evergreen. So like you want to think of a lead magnet that's going to last. It's not something that's based on some some trends that are shifting. That's not always easy in some industries because, you know, you think of like coders doing something, the code might change or like anything that could change the, okay, Facebook algorithms change, Facebook ads, Jeremy, it's Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Facebook, Facebook algorithms, Instagram algorithms, which are not really algorithms at this point because it's machine learning. So it's more that it just learns as it goes. And a lot of people were selling things like eBooks on uh, how, you know, learn the Instagram algorithm. And now it's irrelevant because you, you can never keep up. You're going to have to keep rewriting that eBook. So you want to think of a lead magnet that's going to be as evergreen as possible. So you're thinking of who it is at the beginning of your their, their journey, their target market and evergreen products that would be relevant in 10 years still. And that's what you kind of start to create. And then how it manifests for you, like how it's product productized. Like for you, it was the ebook with your your YouTube like show episode. But then other people might be something really practical. It might be like a you know calculator of sorts or something. Like I worked with someone who was a travel consultant and we did like a a budget travel calculator and she got so many downloads and signups just for something so simple. Yeah. Yeah, it's the simple. I reckon it's the simple and boring. That's just we. I think we have the the risk we're at is overcomplicating things. Jeremy, you said webinars are very good, great for lead conversions. Haha. <laughs> yes, Facebook is always changing. <laughs> yeah. The bane of our existence. <laughs> okay. I, think it's, I think it's simple and pragmatic, right? So like simple and practical. So like something that someone can use on the day. 
Like what, what can I get, put my email into and it appeals to me because as soon as I put my email in, I can get it straight away and I can use it then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, it goes back to that search piece as well. And just cause I know people who've been listening to the show would know I've been talking about this is like, so I'm like, yeah, interruptive advertising has its place totally. But the thing is, is like with a search mentality, the thing is, is people are looking for it right now. So I'm like, if you are going pretty much like I'm a massive fan of Uber set suggest, I found like just from doing research from like for two clients, I'm like, there's so many keywords in relation to their um, niches that are like, that, like something, something, something quiz. Like it will literally, and I'm like, there's heaps of people searching for it and it's like really easy to score for and rank on Google. And I'm like, oh, like, there you go. That's, that's the lead magnet. Yeah. Quizzes are like my favorite lead magnet ever. Oh, because it's a bit harder, isn't it? But they're, they're, they are great. Yeah, they're good. I mean, they're good. They are a bit tougher to set up, but recently we did one for, so like a brand strategist, like how to figure out what brand style, like where your business is and what kind of style you are, which is just a quintessential one. And then, you know, like um, another one for like what kind of tea you like, like it's so applicable to so many industries. And I think quizzes, I don't know, it's the same impulse that we have as humans to push buttons. I feel like quizzes, we just get this impulse to fill it out. And I don't know why. I have no idea why. Yeah. You know what I mean though, right? I totally know what you mean. I totally know what you mean. Um, We're going to have to wrap up in a sec, but can we just quickly pick your brain about how are you so successful on Instagram? Is there any like quick tip you could give us? Because there's a lot of people here on LinkedIn and on YouTube who are like, how do you make Instagram work? Is there, is there a secret yeah. that you can kind of share with us? Yeah, you have to like Instagram. I think that I genuinely think that's the best secret. So like I genuinely like Instagram. So like when I'm on Instagram, I'm going on other Instagrammers pages and I'm talking to them, like I'm commenting on their pages. And um, I think that engagement has really helped bring people over. Um, that combined, I think with you have to give value. So like what, okay, so this is a really quick one for, before we wrap up. When you create a post, this is probably applicable to all social media channels, but this is how I think of my Instagram. Is it shareable and is it savable? That's it. So whenever I'm like thinking of it, so like I want things to be aesthetically pleasing, I'm on a lot of the Instagram posts or it'll be like little bits of things that I am writing about or anything. Is it aesthetically pleasing? Because I think um, Instagram is a very visual medium. So it needs to be somewhat nice to see. It doesn't always, but like it's better if it's like, uh, I don't know, more cohesive. You're consistent in posting, posting, but also is that post shareable and is it savable? If it has one or two of those things, then you probably will end up growing a little bit more. But yeah, consistent posting, really liking Instagram and, you know, going on other people's pages and posting and commenting. And then, you know, some, some sense of aesthetic appeal. I'm very into photography. So I think all of my photos, in my opinion, are quite beautiful. But They are. I've yeah. seen them. Thank Your you. photos are awesome. <laughs> you could be like, you could be doing that as a career, but you're like, I'm going to go like help people make videos. <laughs> but you're still leveraging that skill, right? So yeah. That's true, actually, and it's been that and coding has been two skills that have been so beneficial for me growing my own businesses and getting me to where I am now. It's just uh, 
very helpful in something that is, yeah, I just think we're, we're very visual creatures and Instagram is a very, very visual medium. So it has to some degree has to be visually appealing. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Mez, thank you so much for chatting. You actually have a lead magnet to help people with lead magnets, right? Can you yeah, just it's actually that? hilarious. <laughs> like a coffee table book about coffee tables. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it's all about nothing. How do people um, find out about more you? How do they get access to that? Um, all that kind of jazz. Where do they go? Okay, so it's launching on December 1st. Um, but at the moment, it's on. it's got like a pre-launch sale price waiting list happening. It's like a VIP waiting list. They can find it on my Instagram. I'm at Millennial Strategist. Um, and basically, I'm, I'm pretty much doing a swipe up talking about it all the time. And then there's a little highlight section in my page that just um, lets you go in there. And then there is a link in my bio, which is the most cliche thing to say, but link in bio. Awesome. Love it. Mez, thank Thanks you so me. much. And should if people want to find about you, should they go over to Instagram? Is that the best place? That's where you yeah, mainly hang out. That's where I hang out. Yeah. In digitally, that is where I live. So yeah, it's <laughs> a sad existence of Instagram, but I actually love it. <laughs> love it. Well, I'll put the links in the comments after this. Mez, thank you so much again. Thank you, Jeremy, for all your comments and being part of the conversation. Thank you for others who were watching as well. Next time, guys, feel free to also say hello. Mez, I'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. All right, guys, that's it from me for today. Looking forward to this week's Friday live stream, although I haven't completely figured out what it's going to be about. I think I'm probably going to talk about podcasting. I think I'm going to talk about podcasting. Um, I have done a podcast episode, but it was a while ago when I was sort of first figuring out how to do live stream on my own. Um, And there's a lot I've learned about podcasting since my last episode. So that's what I think I'm going to be talking about. Let me know what you think. Um, Tweet with me at laurencress89. You can use the hashtag growyourbrand. You can message me wherever, again, all of those different social media platforms. LinkedIn is where I hang out. LinkedIn is where I'm the most responsive, but I am everywhere. I am everywhere. I can see you. No, um, <laughs> but let me know. Um, come join the live stream, 11 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Uh, it's on the same time every week. So if you can't make this week, just put it in your calendar for next time. Uh, I'd love to see you there. I'd love to get your questions. It's always great to have a live convo and actually talk with people while I'm doing the show because it gives me the feedback. It gives me the guidance to know what am I not being clear about? What should I be explaining more? So I want to hear from from you guys and what your questions are. So 11 a.m. Friday, I'll be back then. If you want to tune into the podcast, I usually release it by about 2 or 3 p.m. that afternoon. Enjoy the rest of your week. And until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. Bye.